Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Mark Hemingway, our in-house media critic. Mark, Donald Trump started doing a stand-up comedy set, and suddenly a press conference broke out. You know, it's kind of funny because, you know, the media were, you know, have been complaining about the lack of pressers in the Obama administration. Remember, how long was it? How many months was it that Hillary Clinton went on the campaign trail without, you know, giving a press conference? Uh, And here we are. Trump comes out there. He's like, I'm going to take questions for two hours. And immediately the media are like, this is crazy. You know, know, (laughs) why why are we having to suffer through this? And suffer they did. So it was a battle royale, Mark Hemingway. Who won? (laughs) Well, that kind of remains to be seen. What I, what I find interesting is that um, the immediate reaction to that press conference was one of total groupthink and total horror. Now, I'm not to say, it's not, not to say that there aren't like lots of legitimate critiques that you could put out there. I mean, you know, Trump was you know saying untrue things from the podium about his electoral college victory, and some from the media tried to call him on that. And and certainly the way that he does things isn't what one would you know, traditionally associate with the word presidential. But at the same time, so many of the critiques they were leveling against that press conference, you know, would have been fresh in February of 2016. I mean, voters have made peace largely with who Donald Trump is, certainly at least the half of the country that voted for him have. Uh, and the media, you know, just like keep coming back to the same you know, issues they have with Trump. They just haven't gotten over the fact that he's president. And and they have really uncompelling answers to the question of, of now what? You know, how do we deal with who Trump is? Um, and so I, I think that there's a, you know, a very split and divisive reaction to these press conferences. And, you know, Trump campaigned, you know, against the media. So having a little bit of conflict there, you know, may well redound to his benefit, even you know, as the media gets really upset about it. I also think that he... Because his tone was so, in a way, light. I know that's odd, given that he was grousing at people, telling reporters to sit down. Uh, I think my favorite moment was when he was talking to the BBC reporter, finds out he's from BBC, and goes, oh, here we go, one of them now. You know, it was, just, it was so, you know, a guy in a bar. Who are you, where are you from? Oh, no, you know. Um, I, I, it was hard for me to take it personally. You know what I mean? He, it's, yeah. he was simultaneously very dismissive and yet, playful, friendly. Yeah, he, he was very light on his feet, and that's part of his charm, and that's what makes his combativeness, you know, easy to, to deal with, and it's one reason why I think voters have made their, their peace with it. Um, at the same time, you know, he's still making very pointed and, you know, frankly, even sharp, sharply observed observations about how the media works, and the media have a really hard time dealing with that. But, but more than that, though, again, like I said before, it is advantageous for him to pick a fight with the media. The media haven't, you know, come to grips with the fact that you know, he won in part because voters judged the media to be a threat to them personally. I mean, conservatives have long complained about media bias, and it's gotten to the point in recent years where I think there were issues over religious liberty and things like that, where people actively saw the media trying to, you know, undermine their way of life. Um, and they view the media as a threat in much the same way that, that the media views Donald Trump as a threat. So uh, it's, it's very, you know, much, a, 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 you know, asking people to pick what team they're on. Uh, I don't think this is healthy for democracy. Obviously, you need a strong press to hold the president accountable when both, both people are trying to use the power of, you know, their respective institutions to undermine each other. It's not a good place to be. I thought it was interesting when, once again, back to Jim Acosta of CNN, he suggested that Donald Trump was undermining America's trust in the media, their faith in the media, that this was bad for democracy, that Donald Trump was endangering our civic life with the by talking about fake news. And when I heard him say that, 
I got to be honest, Mark Hemingway, I wish I could have been sitting next to you on the sofa watching that moment. So the fake news thing is interesting. You know, again, this is an issue where there's just a tremendous amount of groupthink. I mean, first of all, the evidence that fake news had a, a big um, um, impact on the election when it was, you know, first brought up last fall was awfully scant. And second of all, the media have not dealt with the fact that it was such an absurd premise that people immediately turned the concept around to use against the media itself. Um, they just, you know, that's one thing that Trump is very good at. He's very good at rhetorical sort of jujitsu, you know, using the opponent's, you know, own moves and momentum against them. And that's another thing that like just further drives the media crazy. But, you know, again, you know, there, there was a you know, total group thing consensus on this issue of fake news. I forget, was it... Acosta, as you mentioned, I forget who it was that asked the question about how um, it seems contradictory that Trump is on one hand decrying these leaks that, you know, are apparently, you know, coming, but providing some accurate information. Right. And at the same time, decrying fake news at, um, in, um, and as if this is somehow contradictory. I think the problem here is that it, I think most people sort of inherently get it's not too hard to square that circle. If, you know, people are um, leaking information from the government that is misleading or incomplete, um, even if it, you know, contains a germ of truth, well, then that would be, quote unquote, fake news. And I think that Trump is, and I think that's what Trump is saying. Um, but, you know, the media, again, they take every, you know, attempt uh, um, to, you know, question them so literally and so personally that I, I think that they, they, they often, you know, lose sight of the forest for the trees. And, you know, that's something that Trump is very good at. I mean, he sees well. I think what the American people see about things in a lot of fundamental ways that the people in the New York DC media bubble just don't get. I kept thinking, why don't you, I, the idea that a reporter would say, look at how you've undermined the credibility of <laughs> media. The obvious answer is me. You had that well in hand when I got here. In fact, it is the self-underminization, yeah. I'll just make up a word now, of the media that helped create Donald Trump. And that's why I, I just don't think this press conference helped the media make their case at all. I think that when the dust clears, it'll be Trump moved the ball a little bit his way, changed the, the subject a little bit, and the media still look like the media that 80% of Americans say they don't trust. Yeah, no, I think that that is basically correct. I mean, the other issue here is that, you know, Trump didn't, you know, as you point out, Trump didn't come from nowhere. Um, long before Trump ever arrived on the scene, you know, there were, you know, hordes of polls showing that, you know, uh, the media approval rating was, you know, somewhere below used car salesmen and, and it's been <laughs> that way for decades. Um, so, you know, the media just really haven't grasped with that. And, and the issue here is that, yes, you can say Trump is obviously unreliable and he says a lot of things that are untrue. But but people also feel that way about the media. Exactly. And if you have a situation here where you have dueling unreliable narrators like this and, and you know, sort of competing for, you know, people's, you know, attention uh, um, politically, you know, the guy who's in power is probably going to triumph over the people that are, you know, critics, you know, taking pot shots from the outside. And right now the media are on the outside. I mean, Trump, Trump knows how to play this game and he's president of the United States. So, you know, uh, again, I think that we need a strong, credible media to hold people in power accountable. And and certainly we should be you know, worried about all manner of things that Trump is doing or is and or is likely to do um so that makes it all the more important that the media you know you know stop taking this personally take a step back assess what they're doing and and ask themselves 
What can we do that speaks directly to the American people that restores the trust and credibility we need to hold this man accountable? And they don't really want to do that at all. I mean, they want to take things personally. And I mean, you know, they, they want to demand to know what, you know, Donald Trump thinks about CNN. I, the voters just don't care about that sort of thing. Well, just keep this in mind, Mark Hemingway. Wise words to live by. A nuclear holocaust is unlike anything else. <laughs> and I think we can all agree on that. Thanks so much for joining us. That was actually encouraging. <laughs> he actually listened to a, a, a national security briefing. I mean, they, he, he got the message that he has to take that responsibility seriously. <laughs> he gets the big picture. No doubt about it. Nuclear Holocaust. Bad. Okay. Got it. Hey, Mark- it's the little triumphs we have to uh, celebrate <laughs> these, these days. Mark Hemingway with the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast for reasons that I cannot ascertain. If you want to hear more of them, visit theweeklystandard.com, check out the podcast page, or better still, just subscribe to the Weekly Standard podcast at itunes.com. You'll never miss another one. Also find additional great content at weeklystandard.com from terrific writers like Mark Hemingway. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.